Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK Martin Gatton College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Tammy Wigginton, a speech-language pathologist and board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to talk about managing cancer-related feeding and swallowing issues. And we're specifically going to be talking about dysphagia. And I'd like to start for our listeners, because you've coached me before we started recording to make certain that I was pronouncing it correctly, but um, I would just like to start for our listeners of helping them understand what is dysphagia, because it could be a very new term for many. Okay, so dysphagia is really just a fancy word for difficulty swallowing. And swallowing is a deceptively complex and highly regulated and coordinated physiological act that really most of us take for granted. We don't think about how much effort that it actually takes to eat and drink. So normal swallowing function is really dependent on having normal structural anatomy, like having a normal tongue, having a normal palate, having a normal throat, as well as normal volitional, which is like you can have a volitional swallow, which is you put something in your mouth and you think to yourself, I need to swallow this. And some parts of swallowing are reflexive in that it just automatically takes place. So there are about 30 nerves and muscles that are involved in swallowing and disruption in any part of the system, like the anatomy or the nerves or the muscles can really impact overall swallowing function. And it can take something that is normally a pleasant activity and make it very unpleasant and stressful and difficult. I mean, you are right that swallowing is something that that most of us certainly never think about that we just do. So how common is dysphagia among cancer patients? Interestingly enough, it is actually very common. So greater than 50 percent of patients that are being treated for cancer complain of difficulty eating and swallowing. The prevalence is highest in patients with head and neck cancer, with approximately 90% of head and neck cancer patients having difficulty swallowing. And that makes sense because a lot of what happens with swallowing is, you know, the food goes in your mouth, your tongue pushes the food from the front of your mouth to the back of your throat, your teeth are involved, your throat is involved. And so patients with head and neck cancer have cancers in the region that is most commonly dedicated to eating and swallowing. There's also a high rate of dysphagia in patients with cancers of the brain because the brain is 
you know, the computer system for all activities that we do. And the brain controls the nerves that are involved in swallowing. Also patients that have lung cancer, bone cancer, cancers of the soft tissue and the upper gastrointestinal tract like the esophagus tend to have a high rate of dysphagia or feeding and swallowing disorders. Colorectal skin and gynecological cancer patients can still have trouble swallowing, but it's typically to a lesser degree, and it's more frequently related to the treatment that they're getting for the cancer versus the tumor itself. So you have addressed this to some extent on um, why cancer patients struggle with swallowing and eating. So some of it may be the specific type of cancer. Some of it may be associated with the treatment. Anything additional to add there? For many patients, the first sign that they have cancer is difficulty swallowing. So for patients that have cancers of the head and neck, And for patients that have cancers in the esophagus, sometimes the first symptom of their cancer is having trouble swallowing. And so they have trouble with their swallowing function before they're even diagnosed with their cancer. On the other aspect of that, any modality that we use to treat the cancer can also impact a patient's swallowing function. So for patients that have to have part of important structures to swallowing resected or removed, they're going to have an immediate onset of difficulty swallowing. Like if we have to take out someone's tongue or part of their voice box or larynx, or their esophagus, those patients are going to have difficulty swallowing. Typically, the bigger the cancer surgery, the more likely the person is to have difficulty swallowing. And the more important the structure is to swallowing, like the tongue or the palate or the esophagus, those patients are going to have greater difficulty than other patients. The other aspect is that some of the other modalities like radiation therapy and chemotherapy can also negatively impact swallowing function. So chemotherapy can cause alterations in a person's smell and taste sensation, which can impact their swallowing function. Chemotherapy can also cause ulcers inside the oral cavity and the throat and the esophagus that makes it very uncomfortable and painful to eat and drink. Radiation therapy can also cause fatigue and sometimes it can cause swelling in the throat that makes it hard to swallow. The more modalities required to treat the cancer, so if somebody has to get surgery, chemo, and radiation, the higher the probability that they're going to have difficulties over the long haul. What are some of the symptoms an individual may experience if they have dysphagia? So a lot of times patients will notice that they're getting strangled or they're coughing when they're trying to eat. This is often a sign that they're having trouble coordinating their breathing and swallowing. So they'll note that they get strangled, especially on thin liquids. Some patients will complain that it feels like foods and liquids and maybe sometimes their medication is getting stuck in their throat and it's hard to get it down. Sometimes that can 
obstruct their airway. So they'll feel like their air is getting cut off when they're swallowing. Sometimes people will say that they have to swallow five or six times to get like just one little bite of food down. Sometimes patients regurgitate or their food comes back up on them. And then also we see patients that have repeated episodes of pneumonia, which is a a specific aspiration type pneumonia where food or liquid is actually going into their lungs versus down their esophagus and into their stomach like it's supposed to. And aspiration, pneumonia can be a life-threatening condition. If an individual feels like that they may be struggling with swallowing issues, what would be their next step? What is the referral process? Who do they reach out to? You should really talk to your cancer care team and tell them that you're having difficulty swallowing. They're probably, you know, closely monitoring you anyway. But if you're losing weight, if it's taking longer to eat a meal, you're getting choked and strangled, you should talk to your provider and ask for a referral for an evaluation. If an individual is diagnosed with dysphagia, how is it managed? So in some instances, we're trying to mitigate some of the problems that they're having by maybe giving them some exercises to help them maintain their muscles and swallowing functions while they're going through treatment. For some patients, especially patients that have had, you know, portions of their body surgically removed, like if a person has tongue cancer, sometimes we can help them compensate by putting the food on the side of their oral cavity where they still have intact structures. Sometimes if people are having things get stuck in their throat, we teach them to alternate liquids and solids or swallow with more effort. A lot of patients are put into a rehabilitation program where we're giving them exercises to target the specific areas where they have deficits. And so for our team, we don't just jump in to treat somebody. We want to put them through a diagnostic process to figure out what the cause of their swallowing problems are. And that usually entails something we call a modified barium swallow, where we have patients swallow different consistencies of barium while we're doing an x-ray and we're watching and seeing what's happening. Or sometimes we'll take a flexible endoscope and put it in the person's nose and drop it down to the top part of their voice box and then have them eat and drink and watch what happens so that we can target the specific deficits. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing awareness to the topic of dysphagia and helping individuals understand that if they or a family member may be struggling, that there are resources available to to reach out to. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. 
Building strong families, building Kentucky. It starts with us.